Hey, are you getting tired of asking your friends for their podcast recommendations? Well, they're probably getting tired of it. I'm Damon Fairless from CBC's daily news podcast, Front Burner. I want to tell you about Sounds Good, CBC's podcast newsletter. It's got the latest podcast recommendations and behind-the-scenes footage. Subscribe to the bi-weekly newsletter at the link in our series description so you can keep your friends. We listen to everything so you don't have to. This is a CBC podcast. Hi, I'm Saroja Coelho. This is the sound of a funeral procession in Surrey, B.C. Thousands of people have gathered in the streets to pay tribute. There is a persistent rumor in the crowd that the man lying dead inside this wooden coffin wasn't killed by the two suspects the police are now looking for. At least, not really. The real murderer in this case might be the Indian government. Hundreds of people packed the temple in Surrey to air their safety concerns following Sunday's deadly shooting. And we ask that anybody who was in the area who has dash cam video, please check that as soon as possible. We lost a gem of our community. Everybody is feeling this loss and this attack very, very personally. Just over a week ago, on a Sunday night, Hardeep Singh Najjar was leaving the Guru Nanak Sikh Gudwara in Surrey, British Columbia. That is a place of worship. He was the president there. It was 8.30 p.m. at night, and he was in a parking lot that was busy with other worshippers who had just attended evening prayers. Najjar got into his gray truck. He got ready to leave. And this is when police say that two heavyset men with face coverings had been waiting for Najjar for at least an hour and approached. They fired multiple bullets into Najjar, and he died on the scene. The suspects fled, and it's likely that they ran to a getaway car that was parked just a few blocks away. Police say that no one has been arrested and that they don't have a motive. But supporters of Najjar say that for weeks he had been warning that there was a target on his back. This assassination needs to be investigated thoroughly. Uh, it's not just the people who pressed the trigger, it's the ones who ordered it. So uh, we have, once again, strong suspicions that this is foreign interference in Canada. Hardeep Singh Najjar was a longtime activist for a separatist state for Sikhs in the Punjab region of India. That state would be called Khalistan. India considered Hardeep a terrorist. They accused him of involvement in the murder of a Hindu priest and had asked Canada to extradite him. But his supporters disagree. They say Najjar was simply practicing freedom of speech in his newfound home in Canada. We've lived in this country for a century now. There needs to be action taken to protect the Canadian Sikh communities. We don't want to see any more Hardeep Singh Nijjar situations. Gurpreet Singh is an independent journalist based in Surrey, B.C. His books include Terrorism, Punjab's Recurring Nightmare, and Fighting Hatred with Love, Voices of the Air India Victims' Families. He knew Hardeep Singh Nijar well and spoke with him recently about the threat that Nijar believed he was facing. Hi, Gurpreet. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well. I'm interested in this story. I want to begin with who Hardeep Singh Nijar was. Hardeep Singh Nijar was the president of Sari Delta Gurdwara. And he was also associated with Six for Justice, which have been campaigning for a referendum for Khalistan. And how did you meet him? 
I first met him um, in 2016, I guess, when the Indian media reported that he's running a terrorist uh, training camp and mission. So I interviewed, I couldn't interview him because he wasn't available to do that. So uh, it was Gurpatwan Singh Pannu and Jitinder Singh Garewal, his lawyers, who spoke on his behalf. But I had a meeting with him at one of these uh, vigils that was held shortly afterwards. So since then, we started seeing each other a number of times at different uh, public events. And I had an access uh, which really helped me in interviewing a number of times. So that's how the conversation began. It was it goes back to the time when he was branded as a dangerous terrorist and he was um, accused of running a, a training camp in mission. You've been following this story also, including the funeral that just happened. Thousands of people gathered to to mourn his death and also to protest. What do you understand at this point about what happened on the Sunday night at the Gurdwara? It was a very scary event. I mean, there were a lot of people around when this violence happened. Right, so, Harif Singh Nijar was anticipating this. He has been um, publicly saying that, you know what, anything can happen to me. I'm on the hit list of the Indian government. And I've been cautioned by the uh, Canadian authorities to remain vigilant. So this incident happened in the um, in the back, against the backdrop of what he has been saying publicly. So when this incident happened, everybody was shocked, everybody was outraged, and they they came out in big number to mourn his death. The brazen act of violence has shocked Surrey's Sikh community. People outside the temple were reluctant to comment, citing both concerns for personal safety and for family in India. Everyone is so, like, feeling so sad here because he was so good guy. A huge loss for, I want to say, for the Canadian six. And since then, we have seen another protest taking place outside the Indian consulate in Vancouver. More than 200 people joined. So yesterday was no different. Yesterday at the... Um, uh, the viewing ceremony and the funeral ceremony, thousands of people came and they were raising slogans for Khalistan, describing Niger as uh, a martyr, asking for some answers, accusing the Indian government for being involved. You're describing the movement for Khalistan there, and I just want to open that up for people. This is a separatist movement with supporters here in Canada that seeks a separate state in Punjab for six. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so basically a section within the Sikh community is asking for a separate homeland of Khalistan. Uh, this movement has been there since uh, 1980s. Although when Operation Blue Star happened in 1984, the uh, Golden Temple was stormed by the Indian troops. Before that, this demand was coming from a fringe section of the community and not many people used to pay attention. And of the people who got really involved with that movement included Hardeep Singh Nijar. Why was it so important to him? Because there are Sikhs who feel that uh, we are alienated because of Operation Blue Star and the police excesses, and the only thing um, we need is an independence. So that was a feeling in a section within the section of a Sikh community. As I mentioned earlier, not all the Sikhs are on the same page, but there are Sikhs who believed that you know what, the only um, thing we need is an independence. We need to be free. We need to be sovereign. So that's why they were inclined to ask for Khalistan. And Hardip became a, a very important part of that movement. How was he engaged and what did he want? Hardip Singh Nijar, as far as I know, he was part of Six for Justice, which is a, uh, which is a group in, active in US and Canada. And it was recently banned by the Indian government. 
So Hardeep Singh Nijjar was inclined to have Khalistan through referendum. He has been insisting that we don't believe in violence. What we want is the Khalistan through peaceful means. So that's why he was insisting on referendum. But meanwhile, the movement for a Khalistan state has waned in India. So the Indian government says that it is most active, and you're describing this as well, among diaspora communities around the world, especially in Canada, UK, and in the United States. And I'm wondering just how big and how committed that movement for Khalistan is here in Canada. You see, it's not that strong even in Canada. I mean, it's a perception. It's only a perception because at the end of the day, any movement, even abroad, can only survive if there is enough support on the ground. The ground realities in Punjab are totally different. We have seen over the years that Congress party, which was primarily involved for what happened in 1984, it has been repeatedly elected by the people of Punjab. So in a way, people of Punjab have really moved on. But this small section of uh, the Khalistan supporters, they continue to... um, campaign for, for, for their movement and for their cause. 39th anniversary of Operation Blue Star and the demand of Khalistan is still alive. A large number of people have gathered here, having the play cards in their hands with the demand of Khalistan. In Canada, they get little bit of freedom as against India because Indian state is very selective. I will be very blunt on this. For instance, right now we have a right-wing Hindu uh, nationalist government in New Delhi and whose supporters are openly saying that we are going to transform India into a Hindu theocracy. But nobody is going after them. When when it comes to the Muslims or the Sikhs, all the minorities, they are being persecuted. So that's why this sense of alienation is there. And when people in Canada, US and UK, they feel they can easily articulate themselves. So it becomes very obvious that it will they will work more aggressively. But with, with the Indian, Indian government, what, what they are trying to do is, they are trying to create... Uh, the process of othering this minority group to polarize the Hindu majority and to uh, create a false fear or false realm of the Khalistan movement, which has died long time back. It's interesting that you would say it was dying. It was died a long time ago because it sounds to me like the Indian government is still taking this very seriously. From what I'm reading, the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi is cracking down on the Khalistani movement, that the entire thing has the potential for being quite violent. And yet what you're describing is a relatively fringe movement that isn't much of a threat. So why doesn't India simply tolerate it? Well, India has always been uh, an intolerant state when it comes to the movement of Khalistan or even um, sovereign Kashmir. That's always been the case. That is the huge problem. I mean, Indian government right now continues to say that we have a big threat from Khalistan. But the real threat is from within, from the uh, Hindu nationalist forces, which are now occupying the, the political main stage in New Delhi. But nobody is going to point that out. So they are trying to other the Sikh community and try to polarize the Hindu majority to sustain power. That's why we are hearing this kind of narrative, which is not not based on any kind of reality. I have been in Punjab. I have worked as a journalist in Punjab. And I can tell you from my own experience that Khalistan movement has long died. It is not there anymore. And even here within Canada, it's not as strong as it is being seen or being perceived by the mainstream media whether in India or in Canada. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm really understanding you, Gurpreet. What you're saying is that while the movement has died out, it is politically advantageous for the government to create this narrative of fear around it to assemble people behind a right-wing agenda. 
Absolutely, that's what their intentions are. I mean, I give you one example. In Punjab, people have moved on. And in Punjab, any kind of leadership is aware that if we really have a referendum on Khalistan, it's going to be rejected. Despite that, they continue to come after these youngsters who are, uh, um, what we say, plastering posters for referendum in different cities and they are being arrested. Six for justice has been banned. Because they want to convey to the Hindu majority that you are safe. These are some people who are creating trouble. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. It's a very complicated political landscape that you're describing for us. Thank you for helping us try to make some of these connections. I want to return to Hardeep Singh Nijar because he was labeled by the government in the midst of all of this as a terrorist. They accuse him of leading a conspiracy to murder a Hindu priest. Uh, Earlier, some years ago, India also accused him of running a terrorist training camp in Mission, British Columbia. Was he involved in acts of violence or sending money to support acts of violence? Well, let's face it, uh, Hardeep Singh Nijar was never convicted by any court of law for these kind of activities or because of these allegations. He has been saying consistently that I am not involved in any kind of warrant activity. There has been no charges against him in Canada. And in India, he has never been convicted. So basically, it's all these are all claims and counterclaims. I mean, on what basis we can just believe what the Indian government is saying unless he those charges have been proven in the court. You had a conversation with Hardeep Singh Najjar just a few weeks ago, and he was at that time very worried. Can you take me through that conversation? Yeah, the context was there was a murder of uh, Paramjit Singh Panjwar that that happened in Pakistan recently. Paramjit Singh Panjwar was a very senior Khalistani leader. So he was assassinated and Hardeep Singh Najjar and his group, they made a statement. They not only denounced the murder, they also claimed that uh, this is the handiwork of the Indian intelligence. Probably Panjwad has been killed by hired hitmen who were uh, given money by the uh, Indian intelligence. And they also apprehended this can happen in Canada. So it was in that context that I had Hardeep Singh Nijar on here to talk about it because they were going to organize an event for Paramjit Singh Panjwad at the Sari Sikh temple, which happened a few days later. So in that interview, he said that I am getting a lot of threats through the, uh, uh, I've been told by the Indian uh, Canadian intelligence that I should be very, very vigilant. It's a very frightening scenario that you're describing to be targeted like that. We've been looking into the official response to some of what you're describing, and we have yet to confirm this. But Nijar's lawyer says that he also had a phone call with Nijar along the lines that you're describing, and that CSIS had also called Nijar to warn him that he was at risk. 
I'm going to take you back in time to a a similar case that's connected here. And you've sort of been looking at some of these international links. Almost a year ago in July, another prominent Sikh leader, separatist leader, Raputaman Singh Malik, was gunned down in a very similar attack. He was sitting in his vehicle. He was outside his business in Surrey. Who was he? Malik was a very controversial figure. He was a Sikh millionaire. He uh, was the, uh, you can say, founder of... um, the Satnam Education Society, which runs Khalsa School, then he was also instrumental behind Khalsa Credit Union. He was a successful businessman and he did something good for the community. That's why he had a tremendous respect. But at the same time, he was also involved in the Air India conspiracy. Air India Flight 182 was en route from Vancouver to London and India on June 23, 1985. It exploded in the skies over Ireland. the suspects seek extremists hoping for an independent homeland in India. Uh, He was uh, described as the financier. Although he was acquitted by the court of law due to lack of evidence, uh, he claimed uh, his innocence. I want to just make sure that everybody's on the same page here, because when you talk about what happened with Air India, this is the attack that happened in June 1985. 329 passengers and crew, most of them Canadian, killed when a bomb went off on the flight. So this continues to have incredible repercussions here in Canada. Um, if we go back to the story of Rupunaman Singh Malik, he was acquitted of murder and conspiracy charges in 2005. And Vancouver's son, crime reporter Kim Boland, spoke to people who knew him and said he had many enemies for a variety of reasons. As you were describing, he was a very embattled character. Um, what were his views on Khalistan and how had they changed in the months leading up to his death? The yeah, interesting part is that he never supported Khalistan. He never, ever endorsed Khalistan openly or publicly. All he used to say was, you know what, I, uh, I'm i a practicing Sikh. I love my community. I will always stand up for everyone. I interviewed Malik one, once he was acquitted and I asked him a very pointed question. That how come you gave money to Tarvinder Singh Parmar, who was uh, the leader of Babar Khalsa, the banned terror organization? How do you defend that? And you know what his answer was? He said, when I gave money to uh, Parmar and Babar Khalsa, Babar Khalsa wasn't banned at all. I was doing community service and I was happy to give money to anyone. That was his answer. So he was very clever that way. He knew how to save his skin and how to keep a balance, how to remain on the middle of the road. And that's why that's why, that's why I personally feel that he, it was easy for him to shift his gears. The two men were eventually charged in Malik's death. There were people who, who pointed out that this murder looked a lot like a gangland murder in Metro Vancouver. Masked shooters escaping in a getaway car. The car is then found stashed and burnt. So at this point, we've got two murders on our hands. They look a little bit similar to each other, both in British Columbia, both of prominent Sikh leaders, both connected to the Khalistani movement. So there were a lot of commentators who were trying to connect these two things. However... The police have not done that. Police are saying that they cannot find a motive in in these killings, or at least, at the very least, in the killing for Hadip Singh Najjar. So why do you think these two people were killed? And as an observer to this, are you seeing a connection? You see, uh, I I just don't want to confine my conversation to these two murders. I just want to go back a little bit. Let's start talking about the Air India. 329 people were killed. What happened to that case? What happened to that case? We only have one conviction in the G. Singh Riyadh, and that also for manslaughter. In Malik's case, luckily, we do have two suspects. But Nijar's case, 
it's just happened so we have to wait but the but the broader issue is that for until now people from the uh, south asian community are getting killed just like that including the air india passengers and what the, what what our police is doing we are still grappling with these um, questions we are still unable to figure out what could be the real motives so we still are uh, dealing with these mysteries which leaves us nowhere Pradeep, as a journalist, I'm going to turn to you and just ask you to take that step back and give us a bird's eye view here because it's a very complicated story that you're describing. We have a, a separatist movement on the other side of the world connected to groups in, in Toronto, groups in Vancouver. Um, and you're saying that that movement has faded in many ways. At the same time, we have the legacy of Air India, and that also has led to many complicated grudges and bad feelings, a, a lack of justice that you're describing. So as you take a step back and look at this shooting that happens in a park lot in Vancouver. What is the connection here? What are we actually seeing? Because what you're describing to me sounds like it could be the Indian government interfering in Canada. And that is a very serious allegation for us to be making. No, definitely it's a serious allegation. And I'm not saying that this is the only angle the police should be looking into. And I'm sure police is not just looking into this angle. Police will be looking into all possible angles. That's the job of the police. But this angle should not be brushed aside. Because Hardeep Singh Nijar has been saying it again and again, out and loud, that I am under threat. I'm on the hit list of the Indian intelligence. So I just want to move back one step away from each of the individual cases and, and look at the Khalistani movement itself just for one more moment. You talked about how this movement is teetering, that it's fading, that it has a, a lack of relevance in Punjab right now. But what impact? what is the impact of these murders on that movement for an independent Sikh state, both in Canada and in India? Well, if yesterday's gathering was any indication... Hardeep Singh Nijar's death is going to fuel more support for Khalistan. If really the Indian agencies are involved, I mean, I don't know. I don't have the crystal ball. I can only quote Hardeep Singh Nijar from his interview. Based on that, I, I would like to ask the police to look into this possibility. I mean, they are doing their professional job. They will be looking into all the possibilities, which is fine. But this possibility cannot be ruled out because he was seeing this coming. He was saying that again and again. So his murder, if at all it is found that somehow the Indian interest was involved, is going to fuel the support for Khalistan. It's going to create more problems. And it's, uh, you will not be able to stop people from asking for a referendum or uh, becoming Hardeep Singh Nijar supporter. In death, he has now become a martyr. Thank you so much, Gurpreet. It's a very complicated case. And in the meantime, your con your community uh, continuing to mourn and, and to discuss next steps. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Frontburner. I'm Saroja Coelho. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.